Welcome to the Arrowhead Kingdom podcast production. Enjoy the show and go Chiefs. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to the Arrowhead Kingdom Chiefs cast live from the Wolf Den. I'm Chris. And I'm Josh, and tonight we are going to be talking about Week 10, and a big reminder that all Chiefs fans are invited to join us for game day. Please visit arrowheadkingdom.org to learn more about the group and to find your local chapter. And please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Today we'll be talking about your Kansas City Chiefs with Billy Trulove. Billy, welcome back. Thanks. (laughs) I'm excited. Glad to have you back. We're, of course, presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, coordination services. Please visit them at completewedo.com. Tonight, I am drinking the venerable Daisy Cutter beer from Half Acre Brewery in Chicago. They certainly don't sponsor us, but we'll pick up the phone if you guys want to call. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, I think that this can be a pretty exciting episode given the way the team looked this last weekend against the uh, Oakland Las Vegas Raiders. I uh, refuse to call them by any one correct name. Um, <laughs> anybody that watched the game on TV probably had trouble telling exactly where it was. It probably looked like a neutral location given the amount of red that was in the stands and uh i hope that's what the nfl was looking for because when you pick a uh, transient city that nobody's from um that's what a game's gonna look like so anyway um aside from that uh let's talk observations from the game so billy what were your thoughts watching that game it to me it it was kind of like the season finally started on sunday night um because even even any win that we've gotten this year, everyone that paid a close enough attention knew our offense was just still sputtering. It didn't look like we were used to it looking. And I never even really focused too much on the defense during that time because they had that offense to work with. Um, and everything seemed to finally click. And Josh, you know more than anyone, probably, especially after making our picks this past week, um, if you've been watching podcast 1558, I've especially been about as negative as I've ever been <laughs> in a long time since Patrick's been here because um, of all the high expectation that we had. And we and we know what this team is about, and it hasn't looked itself at all. Andy's been confused. He has said weird things in conferences. It's just looked odd. And no better time um to get your shit together and get to immediately turn around and have a matchup to to really solidify how we're feeling right now because Dallas is a is a real it's a legit job for us um next weekend and if we can if we can pull that off then uh we are just right back at uh, feeling like we can go 20 and 0 got it chris any uh any thoughts that were different than that <laughs> I mean, the margin for error just seemed to all of a sudden increase again because this is one thing, you know, after um, Mike Hughes' fumble on the punt return, you know, it's kind of back in mind. You're thinking, oh, man, here we go again. I mean, Oakland takes it. They go back down. They tie it up. And, you know, is this going to be the same thing where we just can't get our own way? And no, it wasn't like that at all. Um, and, you know, I talked a little bit about the yin and the yang with turnovers, too. I mean, they there were a few lucky bounces, especially the one with Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean, this is what this team – this is what we've been saying all along. If they stop turning the football over, they're going to blow the doors off somebody. And it so happened to be that the Raiders were standing on the train tracks <laughs> that night – Yes, Jack um, Parkman. That is a great way to put it. <laughs> Get the score board now, Grasshopper. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean that the I guess the fear of oh here we go again went away very quickly. I mean they they move the ball at will on the Raiders. Um, the defense, I think continue to I think continue to improve um you know I you know 
you take away, I guess, the Mike Hughes fumble, really they only give up that one touchdown at the beginning of the second half. So it was by far their best all-around game of the season and something to, to make you think, okay, I, we knew that was there. We were just waiting for it. Yeah, speaking of turnovers, I think we got to give it to my guy, Dirty Dan, who had the big pick. <laughs> um, that was uh, poetry to see. So, Brian, before um, I ask you the same question of what your thoughts on the game were, if you could move a little bit, just kind of move your shoulders a little bit out of the way. Because um, I think, is that is that Teddy Bridgewater trying to tackle a, uh, <laughs> a fumble returner? Um, from that, from that Broncos Eagles game. Cause that's about what that looks like. And, uh, <laughs> Homer Simpson looks like the, uh, look that Vic Fangio had on his face. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So what'd you think of the, what'd you think of the chiefs game? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I think, uh, the first thing, and I've seen this, uh, talked about online quite a bit. I just kind of want to put it out there as well, because I was thinking of the same thing. Uh, it's just kind of what, um, kind of what we've known over the last few years. It reminds me of kind of the Chiefs that we've uh, we've loved, grown over the years, decades, obviously. But what we've come to know in the modern in the last few years is kind of what we uh, <clears throat> become accustomed to with moving the ball, and uh, you know, being uh, being able to answer whatever was coming at us with, um, you know, whenever I, that's one thing I, I got really excited about was it seems like every time uh, the Raiders did something in the first half, even going into the first couple possessions in the third quarter. Uh, did they did something we were able to answer and, uh, you know, it made for a, a momentum, like maintaining momentum the way we needed to maintain it. Then obviously it played out in the last uh, you know, quarter and a half that really just kind of, uh, I mean, you wouldn't expect a blowout like that going into like the, the eighth minute of the third quarter. It just looked like it was going to be a back and forth thing, but then uh, got away from them and it got away hard. So uh, it just reminded me of, uh, you know, what we've gotten used to. And, uh, you know, uh, they were, was it you, Josh, or I don't know who was, who was saying it, but just kind of the, the way the defense improved over the last uh, four games or five games or the way the, the numbers that were allowed uh, versus the, the first part of the season, uh, I guess the first part of the first part of the season, the first quarter. Uh, and we've been talking about this um, uh, and going back and I always use the, I always use the Indianapolis Colts game a few years ago as like kind of the uh, kind of where I talk about like how we were r- running things and then they ran over us. Um, gosh, was that 2019 or something like that? And I'm like, all right, just stay the course, relax. So they're going to figure this out, make the adjustments they need to make. And then comes around. And it, it, sometimes this one seems like it took a little bit longer to get to this game for things to turn around in a meaningful way that gets uh, the, the fan base excited. But here we are. And that's what we just, that's like a shot in the arm. It was just a, a shot of life. So uh, that's what we were looking for and what we were hoping for. And here it is, it came. And so we got to carry it on to the Cowboys. And, uh, but yeah, let's enjoy this one for now. And uh, I, I share your sentiment when you said, uh, Sorensen with the pick. I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> Someone, I remember talking about like, mark my words, Sorensen's going to get a pick next game. I'm like, there it is. That's, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, one, I, of my, I... one of my favorite comments has been, oh, great. Now he's just earned himself more playing time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so uh, how big has that Melvin Ingram pickup been? It's been good. And absolutely huge. I mean, there, there's it's pressure coming from the front front seven. It's crazy. Um, and I think it's kind of easy to uh, sit there and say, well, why didn't we just make that signing in the offseason? But uh, it's, it seemed like uh, both Brett Veach and Melvin Ingram needed to go through some stuff to uh, <laughs> realize that he was meant to be on this team. And I, I can't wait to see him go after Justin Herbert here in a couple of weeks. Uh, one other thing that I'll say, I, I got to echo Brian's whole thing. I mean, it... <laughs> After watching a game like that, um, you know, and the, the whole commentary about the 2019 season when they lost back-to-back games to the Texans and the Colts when it was just, uh, you know, everybody found out you could run the ball against the Chiefs and they figured it out. And it's, this has been taking longer. Um, so I, I, I actually just uh, wrapped up writing the draft for my column for Arrowhead 1. And, and the whole thing is about, uh, you know, you got journeys versus destinations. When you're talking about life, you know, you want to enjoy the journey. Life is the journey, if you will. Um, and, and my whole point in that was that I don't think a football season's a journey at all. It's a destination because we get to redo this every six months. So, you know, nobody, nobody a handful of years from now, unless you're trying to recap stuff like this, are going to remember that we lost a bunch of games in the first half of the season if they end up taking care of business at the end of this year. It, it, it's kind of like uh, 
go back and recap the 2015 season. You know, they, they were one in five at one point, you know, but I mean, nobody remembers that crap. We remember that we beat Houston 30 to zero for the first playoff win. So everybody could finally shut the F up about how the chiefs are the team that got there every year and couldn't win. And uh, that, that entire season was worth it just to put an end to that garbage. But anyway, um, so I guess uh, let's talk a little bit more. Where do we think um, we're going for the rest of the season, starting this next week, we have a big game with Dallas coming and uh, Dallas obviously is uh, one of the better teams in the NFC. I don't think that we can expect them to come out as flat as they did against the Broncos. Um, But I also don't think the chiefs are going to let them uh, go out and just rattle off points like they did against the Falcons. So uh, Brian, is there anything particular you're looking forward to for this week? I'm just looking forward to – I would like to see uh, the defense have a, cons- a nice game. I just want to see consistency. If we can uh, pull that off again, uh, going up against uh, Dak. And, uh, you know, the, the way – just you, you want to see if looking if you're looking forward to the, pre-se- uh, the postseason, which I don't want to get too much into that. But, obviously, we need to stay, maintain some consistency going forward. So, I mean, we're going to be looking at the defense, holding them where we need to hold them, making the big plays. That need to happen where they need to happen. So, um, I mean, I just like anyone else out there, uh, looking at what the defense is going to be doing, what kind of pressure they're putting on Prescott and, uh, going from there, the, you know, um, I, I mean, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how they cover the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the past defense, because I want to see more of a, you know, more of that and more, de- more pressure put on that. But, you know, that you know, Dallas is, uh, they have been coming out swinging the, the first half of this season. So, and uh, you know it's the it's the Cowboys, and I mean their fan base uh, they they seem uh, they're diehards. So we'll see what goes on from there. But um, I just want to see consistency consistency uh, in defense. So to prove they can do back to back defensive games uh, because, as we know in the postseason, uh, that's like the key to getting to the next next game after that. So Chris, let's talk a little bit about consistency with defense. How would you define a, a consistent defensive approach against the Cowboys? Would that be holding them under a certain number of points, holding them under a certain number of yards, um, holding them to a, a third down conversion rate. What are your thoughts on that? Zone efficiency. I think, I think the Cowboys probably were going to move the ball. Um, you know, I, I still think that uh, Elliot and Pollard are, are potent enough to, you know, I do like the Chiefs secondary. They've been playing a lot better, but I do think that the Cowboys are balanced enough that they can find their way in between the 20s. It's going to be about holding the field goals and, and not letting them in the end zone. I think that's really going to be the key thing to, to focus on. Yeah, Billy, any uh, any thoughts on the defensive side of the ball? What uh, what do you think is going to be a successful defensive stand against the Cowboys? Uh, I, think, I think the pressure – it should really sit on our secondary. I think we're going to have to play a lot of man and you have to take away the run game from them. You know, it, it, it hasn't been super flashy like Zeke has been in the past, but it is something that they lean towards. I mean, they, they ran the ball. They run it a, a number of ways. They can get it in CD lamps and they have power. They have Elliot. Um, they ran it for, you know, about 30 times against Atlanta and I think our secondary, I, I'm not, I guess I don't, I don't want to say I'm worried. I, I'm not worried about our secondary. I think, I think Sneed and Ward and Fitton and, 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 um, and Tyron and them guys can really just kind of handle their self, make Dak find those tight throws, make him be accurate. Don't let them just run all over us. Um, because that, I mean, that's just going to make it a long game. I'd rather get in a shootout if we can. Um, put it on our secondary, take away the run game. And if our front seven is, is playing the way they are, I really think that linebacking core is coming together, which in a way we haven't seen since Derek Johnson. And really, he was doing it on his own back then. I just, it's crazy to see what this linebacking group is looking like. And I'm still, every week, I'm just shocked that Andy Reid was prepared to not start Nick Bolton when this season began. He only got out there because of injury, and we're seeing he should have been out there, or it should have been the plan to put him out there from the start because he's earned um, every second of it. So I think I think our defense is going to uh, surprise some people um, on Sunday. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if our offense brings that uh, that same energy it just had uh, this past Sunday night. 
here's what I'm going to say is consistency. Um, Steve Spagnolo, please consistently do not do something stupid like put Dan Sorensen and man coverage with CD Lamb. If we can, if we can yeah. do that, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Even Cedric Wilson, please don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But no, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm right there with you guys. I'm looking forward to see what our linebacking core of uh, Bolton and Gay um, does, does against this uh, Dallas team with uh, a good two headed monster running attack. I mean, it, it's like, uh, you know, Chris was saying, you have Zeke Elliott, but you also have Tony Pollard and, I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where, um, you know, I hate to infuse too much fantasy into this situation, but if you have Tony Pollard in a keeper league, hold on to him in case Dallas decides I don't want to keep paying for Zeke yep. this offseason because uh, you could have an RB1 right there, and um, the Dallas's offense probably would not miss too many beats if they would make a move like that. Um, I have no insider information, obviously, that something like that could happen, but that's the type of move that you see in the NFL, and that's how good their running back core is. Um so uh, the, the Chiefs offense, um, you know, Billy, what do you think is going to be the key to this um, and elaborate a little more than just more of the same what we did to the Raiders? <laughs> I, 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 well, you know, without saying a little bit, you know, keep doing what we did, except keep doing what you did in the short, in, in, in you know, the, the, the short game, you know, run the ball the dink and dunk stuff, you know, people have getting, are getting fired up about us wanting dink and dunk now because we didn't want it when Alex was here. It's, it's, it's two completely different things. What we want, we don't want dink and dunk. We want these defenses to adjust. That's all we want because it's, it's killing us. It's killing this style of offense. I think Patrick is starting to appreciate that he can take this pressure off himself by keeping it not sexy, doing the short stuff. In the deep ball would be, but we took multiple, multiple deep shots Sunday night. And I know Vegas isn't a great defense, but he got to see the adjustment take place, I think, by or just getting to see what that short game will do for him in the offensive line. Um, absolutely stepped up as well for him. So I do think they need to play a little bit more of that, just bait them in. They've got a lot of trust in some of these corners. They're going to let guys like Diggs kind of see if he can hang with Tyree kill. That's ridiculous. But if they want to do that, you know, make them get into those man situations, bring them safeties in. Um, and I think we may have Clyde back. So if you can keep Clyde fresh, keep Darrell Williams fresh and just bang that ball up the middle against them, they'll, they'll adjust. And eventually we won't have to do this shit every single week. Chris, I'm going to make a comment and I want to see what your thoughts are on this. Um, but I think this is going to resonate with you. Uh, the, the whole idea of finally starting to put the defense off balance, does this remind you of the power pitcher that comes into Major League Baseball, throws the ball 101 miles an hour every single time, has a great first season, then realizes his arm hurts like hell every single time, and finally some veteran kind of grabs him by the ear and goes, dude, stop it. Start trying to keep the hitters off balance. Figure out how to throw a flipping curveball and you're going to pitch for 15 years instead of five. What are your thoughts on that? It's a good analogy. It's not even learn how to throw a curveball. It's you don't have to throw your arm out every time you throw a fastball. And even sometimes when you take velocity off of it, you get more movement and it's harder to hit. Um, yeah, I, this is kind of a weird thought, but the whole fact that Andrew Wiley was playing right tackle in some ways I think was a bit of a blessing in disguise because the favorite part of my game plan was the fact that, especially with Kelsey, is that they were keeping in the tight end to block on that side and then quickly release as Max Crosby was actually bearing down on Pat. Um, that was really smart because that, that took advantage of you know, two things, the aggressiveness of the pass rush and also as we just said, taking advantage of the underneath stuff with probably your best run after the catch option um, more often than not in that first half. So I, I really enjoyed the fact that they, they got very creative with their screen game, both with the running backs and the tight ends. Got it. Yeah, Brian, what are you looking forward to offensively? Well, I like what uh, Billy said about uh, what's that Deacon Dunk? I, I, that's the first I've heard that phrase. Is that <laughs> oh, yeah? 
<laughs> yeah, that's a check okay. down. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I remember during this during the Ravens game, we had a lot of check downs and the move the ball seemed pretty effective. Uh, correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, but it was one of those kind of losses that were like we were we could have could have gone both ways pretty easily. But I remember I remember even saying on the show that uh yeah, I mean, well to kind of piggyback off what Billy said about like you know, it's about, it's not really about like flashy. It's about making them adjust and about confusing. And it's also uh, to me, it's just like about yeah, switching it up and uh, making them like uh, do some guesswork in it. And we all love seeing uh, deep throws that turn into big plays. And that's, you know, that's what gets the uh, headlines, gets you motiva- uh, motivated and fired up. Uh, but moving the ball consistently down the field, uh, if, that, if that's not, if they're taking that out, if the other, uh, at the, uh, you know, other, um, other teams in the league, spent their offseason trying to figure out how do we take Mahomes' uh, long big plays out of the game. Okay, well, we're going to have to adjust to some checkdowns and go that direction because we're going to get first downs, more first downs that way, and, and, and make, it, make it work in that direction. Um, that's me speculating, though. I, I assume, though, however, that they're taking that out of it a little bit more. So I like having these options out there to kind of mix it up. Um, but, yeah, moving the ball like that, I do like seeing those checkdowns uh, if, if they're effectively used. And let's not, let's not get too married to them or whatever. But uh, but I remember seeing – I remember them thinking they were quite effective in the earlier games, uh, even though we, we took a, a number of L's during that. But they were seemed pretty effective uh, during those games. So um, if we see more of that, uh, kind of divide it up. And I remember, yeah, the running the ball as well. Uh, and, gosh, uh, it seems like they, they were doing that very effectively – as well against the Raiders. So obviously that's kind of uh, firing an all cylinder, so to speak, but I'm looking forward to whatever the big play is going to be. What is it going to, is it going to be that fake punt kind of thing, kind of big play? Or is it going to be the, <laughs> that was incredible you know, by the way. Was. <laughs> or, or, uh, or the, was it the first uh, drive or second drive that seemed like they're going to answer back and then they made a deep pass, but then we knocked the ball out of the hands and forced to fumble that way. Those kinds of big plays. Seems like those are the ones that, those momentum shifts, those momentum shift uh, situations. Uh, obviously, that's what I'm. Uh, I think we all look forward to those, but I'm really looking forward to what that's going to be. But uh, checkdowns and big plays. That's my. <laughs> that's my yeah. head, headline there. I, I mean, you just defined uh, most of Tom Brady's career, you know, and yeah. that's how, yeah. uh, how he kind of tore through the league, which, which, which kind of yeah. – I'm noticing two team stats that I absolutely love. And the first one was – third down efficiency for the chiefs nine of 15 that is an incredible conversion rate and what that means is that the raiders were never able to take the chiefs off the field on third down and then conversely the defense took the raiders off the field on third down eight out of nine times so those those are the type of uh, team stats that i'm looking forward to this week you got to have that efficiency and 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 it's all it's all the the not cute stuff, the third down, you know, and if you're converting nine out of 15, that means you're probably in a lot of uh, less than five yard situations, which means you have options and you're keeping the defense off balance. So let's, uh, let's look a little, a little ahead, um, you know, at the risk of uh, looking too far ahead. So the rest of the schedule, we have four games against the AFC West, and then we have two other games against the AFC and our lone NFC appoint, uh, 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 appointment um, opponent is this weekend against Dallas. So Dallas at home, and then we play the uh, Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers in order, then the Steelers, Bengals, and then we have the Broncos at end, uh, to end that. So, um, you know, my thought process on this is they need to go 4-0 against the division and ideally win two of the uh, other three and it can kind of be dealer's choice how that goes. I have a hard time believing that it's going to come down to, you know, playoff tiebreakers with the uh, Steelers and the Bengals because, uh, you know, the, the real mission just needs to be win the AFC West and host a playoff game and then, you know, figure out what you're going to do after that. So, um, Billy, what are your thoughts on uh, the remaining schedule and, and what do you think they need to do to take care of business? Well, what just jumps off the screen to me is that first off this season up until Sunday night has just sucked you know it's just not what we wanted it to be it's been very confusing and I don't think you can write it up any better that we just whooped the Raiders ass we had a massive opportunity with us going into the bye week if you can take out Dallas we know how Andy is we know how Andy is in the bye to think that we were there were a lot of people that thought 
this team's not going to make the playoffs at all. Now you beat Dallas, you go into the bye and rattle off three straight AFC West wins. You can, we can go from almost maybe not making the playoffs to running away with this division in one month. And it's crazy to think that everything just turned that fast. Um, it's so wild. This could be one of the wildest endings to a season we've ever seen. Um, you know, since Patrick's come in, it's been pretty smooth sailing into the playoffs and, you know, getting to the AFC championship game, getting to the Super Bowl, winning or losing. It's been nuts. And this has been, it's been, been kind of smooth. This year has been crazy. Um, I can't believe the way it's lining up. I'm not as scared of the Bengals as I was maybe a few weeks ago and things like that. I think, you know, you run away with the West here in this next month. And like you said, you can really, uh, you will really just be in control at that point, which we could not have said, you know, four or five days ago. Well, the thing that could be really wild is that we could have the second best record in the AFC and end up as a four seed. <laughs> it's insane. The amount of like, off tiebreakers. The, the number of wins separating like from top to middle, mid of the pack. It's just like, it, it seems like everyone is like in the same, like one or two games decides a lot of these uh, storylines. So yeah, it's just uh, so clustered. And um, that freaking Ravens game. God damn it. Man. Yeah. Well, that, well yeah. Ravens game. The, them and yeah. the Chargers. Them and the Chargers. And the Chargers, yeah. and the Chargers yeah, yeah. game. I, I mean, yeah. both of those were just uh, coulda, shoulda, wouldas. You know, we could be eight and yeah. two sitting there with the Tennessee Titans and then still in second place because we'd be at eight and two. <laughs> um, it, having lost the Tennessee Titans, I mean, if there's a loss we deserve to take, by God, it's that one. Um, sure. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just, uh, yeah. this is just wild stuff. Um, so, uh, Chris, any, any thoughts that you have on the rest of the schedule? Oh, yeah, the door's wide open. Um, it's crazy to think that this team, you know, the same old cliche, they control their own destiny, but they, they truly do here. And yeah, I, I, I don't see them losing another division game and yeah, I'm not afraid of the Steelers and not afraid of the Bengals. I think really this Sunday is going to be the toughest game they're going to play the rest of the season. Hold the phone. You're not afraid of a team that couldn't put up more than 16 points against the Lions and couldn't move the ball in overtime. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I tried. I tried. Uh, Brian, Brian what are your thoughts on the, the rest Bears of the week before, schedule? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Chris uh, nailed it. Like, um, I mean, obviously, obviously, the schedule's tough. Uh, I mean, it's professional football, and anything can happen. Um, but Dallas, uh, if we're going by numbers, going by what we're looking at here, Dallas uh, looks like the. The opponent that if we get past this going to the bye week, like Billy said, uh, the the momentum factor, the confidence factor, and the fact we have uh, one of the best coaches, and um, you know uh, we got Mahomes, we, we got our we got our core group, and uh, doing what they do, uh, that should make for an exciting uh, run into the uh, you know the December and January months. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, but obviously uh, you know the I remember uh, watching the game on Sunday and all amped up and watching it how exciting it was, and then. I feel like it's going to be like that on steroids come this Cowboys game because we know what it means in terms of momentum and the confidence um, and, and what it means in the, the next eight weeks of the, the sport. So, um, yeah, I mean, the I yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, well, just uh, focusing on that defense. Uh, I am, like I said uh, earlier, like uh, after we played the Colts and seeing improvements, uh, talking about we were talking about the fans earlier or the, the fans who are you know, looking forward to the, where the, when catchers and pitchers uh, report next year for the Royals. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is, I, I use Josh, I, I, we, I always use, uh, Josh mentioned it earlier, the one in five Chiefs. I always use that as kind of the barometer. I'm like, they are, they were one in five and, but still made, made that, uh, that big run. So uh, until we have a scenario like that, I'm like, uh, if you count, if you're counting up this team at that point, where we are a few weeks ago, I was uh, shaking my head just completely. Like that's a, uh, disrespectful but yeah uh, yeah just looking forward to more of the same uh, and consistency maybe even ramping up that defense this weekend i'm looking forward to that yeah ramping up that defense would be great a couple more uh turnovers would be awesome and then for the love of god let's keep it clean so i think we covered um for the most part what we're looking at in the afc so what are what are the thoughts on the uh nfc brian what are what are your thoughts looking at the uh the other conference Oh, well, let me think here. Uh, I think 
looking at the Cowboys, I think, well, they are, they're doing um, more this year than we've seen them in the, the Cowboys that we know in the, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I talked about watching the Simpsons in the, in the 90s. I always go back to the 90s Cowboys and I really should not be doing that. <laughs> I should stop doing that. You know, that's probably almost the closest they've, right? they've been to being the '90s Cowboys is this year. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> How are my Jets doing? By the way, are they doing any good? They've won a few games. Um, the shine has been really doesn't know this. Mike White. Yeah. I adopted the Jets as a, I was. I adopted them last year as a, after their their <laughs> big season last year. Um, you getting a tax credit on that or something? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is what it looks like when parents don't like their kids. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> You trying to foster an entire NFL team? Whenever I see the Jets do good, I get a little excited. I'm, excited. I'm hoping, you know. You know, it's like when you, you know, I, I rescued my cat from the cold in, Mar- in March in Indiana, and you know, now it's my, my my cat. And maybe it's one of those things where, you know, this thing uh, they were they're, they're sick. It's the Jets, and and I kind of want to see them do good a little bit, just not good enough to beat us. So, which I'm not too worried about at this point. <laughs> so, so the Jets is like rescuing a cat that's just a horrible animal that tries to scratch your leg every time you walk by it <laughs> absolutely it is dying in the cold <laughs> are we are we this is a good thing they didn't recruit um, I mean, real question is this a good thing that lawrence isn't on their team or how do we feel about that i'm sorry to ship turn this show on their, its head but oh trevor lawrence isn't on their team um yeah. well i mean <clears throat> he's not really doing anything for jacksonville but that might be coaching as well i mean the, the reality is uh, we, we could be having the same watch as to whether or not the Jags or the Jets are going to be getting the first pick again. They're probably not going to because the Houston Texans are one and eight and the uh, Detroit Lions are 0 and eight and one. So one of those two are going to be picking Jesus. a quarterback, which which makes sense, because I mean, Deshaun Watson, if he stays out of jail and plays in the NFL again, which I still think is a, a not really a foregone conclusion. Uh, regardless, Houston's going to be looking for a new quarterback. And uh, I think that uh, the Detroit Lions are learning that uh, Jared Goff is not that deal. So um, oh, he's probably he going to be a bad deal. He's probably going to be a backup, you know, after this. So All right. um, well, one more thing before I say about the NFC is Seattle did not score. And I, my kicker is on the fantasy team is, uh, is Myers and he's kicks for Seattle and he didn't, he didn't score any points. So, so uh, stop doing that. <laughs> score something. Yeah, if Pete Carroll would have been able to throw out something besides a cell phone on uh, some of those challenge plays. He might have had a chance. That's hilarious. <laughs> it like a flip phone, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know people that have had those within the past two or three years. Oh, yeah. um, so I yeah, call Chris, those people grandpa. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, these are people my age. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Chris, what are, what are your thoughts on the NFC? Well, you know, clearly Odell Beckham Jr. was the missing link for the Rams. So <laughs> they're they're really taking off since then. Um, yeah, now you got the Bucks struggling a bit. And um, yeah, pick your poison in terms of who, who's the cream of the crop. I mean, I like Green Bay a lot right now. Um, their defense is playing well. And, um, you know, this is the most complete team that I can remember they've had with Aaron Rodgers being there. Yeah. So uh, it could be very well that Green Bay ends up being the one seed out of the NFC. Speaking of um, Odell Beckham Jr. being the uh, missing link in uh, in the Rams, have you seen all the memes where you have uh, him and Robert Woods? Billy knows what this what this is. Um, doing the whole Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Hart. Oh, 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 oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Goodness. Obviously nothing happened. I, I, I think that's, I think that's obvious. This is just a, a freak circumstance, but uh, you know, I got to go all layer the cable, cable guy here. That's funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Even I though I remember, movie. I remember living through the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding thing. That was not yeah. funny at all. At, at all i mean nancy kerrigan was uh you know the 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 hope for u.s figure skating and you, you need to you know what you need to do you need to watch mad tv the week that happened because it happened on the middle of the week and that weekend mad tv did a thing on it you need to watch that oh, <laughs> <And see. Yeah. laughs> come back to that well, well while we're talking about random stuff um 
one of my favorite Weird Al Yankovic songs was the uh, parody of the Crash Test Dummy song. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But it was it was headline news, but uh, he does a whole thing about um, Michael K, the uh, guy who went to Singapore and vandalized cars and got caned. And then it was uh, the second verse was Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. And then the third verse was um, oh, Bobbitt. Uh, John and Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> that, that song for uh, somebody my age was just so freaking perfect because that was the news cycle through middle school when, you know, you're just kind of starting to recognize stuff that's happening. And, you know, now I look back at all that. I'm just like, what did we watch? That was insane i'm surprised our parents let us turn the tv on at all yeah, um, weird al was considered family humor he still is and that was family humor back in the 90s yeah 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 on that. yeah but anyway um billy what are your nfc thoughts before you have to bounce out of here <laughs> i i you know i think it's very similar to the afc right now the parody in the nfl is great every year and this is no exception we were riding low the bills were riding high they blew to jacksonville we're coming up the NFC Tampa Bay is just a, a mess right now. It seems like Green Bay got slapped week one by Jameis Winston. And um, the Rams seem like the front runner for me most of the season outside of Arizona. But now can Kyler Murray stay healthy? If, can he get back on the field? I, I'm with Chris. The, the front runner right now is Green Bay to me. Um because they, they've only taken one loss, and they got to get their their funny week out of the way week one and have not looked back since. And no one takes the Chiefs game serious since it was Jordan Love, and nor should they. Um, other than that, it's Dallas. And I don't know. I, I, I get it they were flat against Denver, but it also just seemed like they just didn't line up well with Denver. Their offensive line in Dallas is not what it has been over the past four or five years. It comes and goes now. And when it's going, they are bad. And uh, I really think that is something that I, I'm, you know, if Tyron Smith doesn't go Sunday, I think he probably will. But if he doesn't, uh, the Chiefs should be able to have their way. Gotta, you, you can't look at the Atlanta game. You should look at the Denver game, though, and the fact that Denver almost ran for 200 yards on them. And if there's anything like we talked about, we want to make that defense adjust, hit them in the weak spot, take it right up the middle with them with a fresh running back as often as you can, and then let Patrick take them apart. Um, I, I really think that's what we can do. But back to the question, yeah, it's Green Bay for me. And then it, it is probably a mix between Dallas, L.A., and Arizona until we really figure out who, who's right. I think Matt Stafford will keep getting better with that squad, though, as we get uh, approach the postseason. All right, so one quick thing before you go. Um, we had the uh, who we think we're riding high. I want to I want to throw back to Weird Al one more time. So who do we think in the NFC is riding dirty and who is white and nerdy? Um, Billy, go. <laughs> and you can make this in the whole league. So we got riding dirty, white and nerdy. <laughs> and, and so what, what am I trying to – who's riding dirty right yeah. now so, so who, 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 who's been who's been dirty the entire game so where i'm gonna go is the uh the miami dolphins have been riding dirty they're they're a threat every once in a while they've ruined a couple of things but for the most part they're just down there in the mud where they belong um white and white and nerdy is the detroit lions i mean <laughs> <laughs> well Oh man. I like how I like how Josh uh, whenever he comes up with these ideas of like uh random ideas. Okay, I'm gonna throw out a game for you. Not gonna explain the rules. Go. Who's yeah. this? Who's that? Metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> I am up. uh yeah, I'm gonna hop out of here. Thanks guys for uh for letting me get on here. I'll definitely be uh be back next week if uh if you'll have me. Sounds good. See Please you then. All right, start. Let's go, Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say riding dirty, uh, I want to say the Vikings, because Kirk Cousins, I don't care what you guys say, I'm not going to bench him. It's not happening. <laughs> I've never told you to bench him, especially when you play my team. But... Oh, yeah, let's, let's cut back to that. <laughs> yeah, Chris, by the way, we didn't uh, we didn't smack up 1558 after the uh, whooping we put on them and the uh, content creators. <laughs> we'll have to do that offline. Yeah. I don't think we had a proper discussion, Chris and I, about our uh, our uh, uh, by the skin of your teeth game that I pulled yeah. out fantasy game. Um, 
I don't know. That was uh podium's yours. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's a, a race to the bottom. Um, <laughs> and it's unfortunate that um, even though I was neglectful and properly putting the right players are changing out my uh, bench and still able to pull out a point one for a win. I mean, I don't know what to say other than, um, you know, I've watched, uh, I think I texted the, the group chat about the most excited I've ever been because my wife, Tanya was sitting next to me and she's like, so you want that guy to do good? I'm like, no, I want them off the field. Never touch the ball. He can't do anything. <laughs> Bumble the ball to, to keep their offense off the field. I don't care. Bench him. But I was like, so you're rooting for a person to not play? I'm like, that's exactly what I'm doing. Don't let that guy in the game. So, so Brad, Brad, I got to say, um, pulling out a win like that when you neglect your lineup, uh, karma is a real thing and you will pay for that one. Um, <laughs> and the way you normally pay for that is you're going to have a week where you're going to put up, we'll say, 130 points. and You're going to happen to play the team that puts up 132, <laughs> which is... <laughs> which uh you haven't uh you haven't felt fantasy suffering until you have the second best score of of the week and you play the best score of the week <laughs> i need to like i need help too like my whole like bench is all broken or gone or i have an empty slot i don't know what to do like am i allowed to like trade or something or how do i get more players in there i have like an empty slot i don't know so we'll we'll take this offline and i'll show you how to uh do a waiver wire claim all right, cool. All right. All right. So for karma's sake, uh, who I played this following week after you, Brian, I won by 0.2 instead of losing by 0.2. Dead serious. Well, let me check that out. Uh, 105.84 to 105.64. Oof. Oof. What was so, that like? Is that thrilling? Chris, have you ever seen a tie in a uh, an exact tie in a league where you go to the second digit? No. Yeah, I, I have, and I actually saw it twice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I I felt like lightning was being struck and that I needed to move from wherever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look looking at uh Chris and I's team, um, we've got a we got a good run going here, but the way that we set those divisions up, um, you know, we've got uh the four worst teams in one and then the six best teams in the other. <laughs> I should have put a little more uh, attention into just not having those at all, but um, <clears throat> big, uh, big decision that we have to make this week is what we're going to do with our defense. We've been rolling with the Broncos defense. Um, we've got to decide how we're getting Russell Wilson off the bench. And I think that's uh, really it. So we've got some uh, things to talk about there. Um, Brian is still riding high, you know, in uh, fourth place and our, milwaukee chiefs uh fantasy group that he's in and i am riding dirty in 10th place i have a horrible team that i've uh, but, you, but you uh kicked my ass last game yeah 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 uh, that's that's true um the uh, jags beat the bills nine to six <laughs> my my defense only scored one point my kicker scored zero points and i still have antonio brown in there even though he was out the whole game so I'm not doing so hot right now, but we're going to come back. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is learning type of stuff. I mean, you're turning into a fantasy addict. I mean, make no mistake about that. Mm -hmm. You're, you're sitting here making comments like, ah, you know, I, I don't want this guy to play well. And your wife is sitting there going, what the hell are you talking about? What alternative reality are we in? <laughs> fantasy <Okay>. baby. <laughs> watching this. All right. Game. So Steelers game. Why are we watching them? Just, just yeah. watch with me. I can't yeah, have exactly. <laughs> so, um, Brian and I have a have a good friend from from college, uh, and this is Howland. Um, so we we had a uh, fantasy league, and this was the first year of really fantasy sports that I ever did. A bunch of us did a baseball league, and we found a couple of things out in uh, the middle of this first league. Um, first of all, we had one guy that had played a uh, decent amount of fantasy baseball before. And he uh, recognized pretty quickly that none of us knew how to draft and had what ended up being like four out of the best five closers. Cause you can just tell during the draft what was going on. So uh, that ended up happening. But the thing that we found out is this, this college friend of Brian and I's, we found out how little he ever paid attention to sports at all. And he just uh, completely tanked dead last place, 
we gave him all kinds of guff and this dude flipped a switch and just turned into this sports watching animal and has been a huge fan ever since then. And about halfway through the next season, his wife is just like, dude, what the hell did you do? He just sits around and watches ESPN <laughs> all day now and you know, so on and so forth. And he went out and rolled the league and won that, that second year. So he was, uh, he was just on a, on a rampage to uh, go through and just write every single wrong. And has been a strong contender ever since then. It's been a lot of fun. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of seeing some of that uh, brewing in Brian here. He's going to, yeah. He, he's going to be uh, playing for blood next year. <laughs> going to be watching the Ocho over there. Just can't get him away from the TV. <laughs> yeah. Watch the OHL. I'm one of these <laughs> uh, phones that goes your ear to your thing. <laughs> he's going to be asking if we want to yeah. do a uh, fantasy uh, cornhole, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, answers, yes we'll uh we'll try it so yeah <laughs> all right so um so fantasy uh we should probably throw out a good stat let's see here um let's pull up our uh our league and i'll throw out what jumped out at me the most so let's look at players that uh chris and i had and get into our matchup against Billy. Um, we prepare really well for this part. That's what I'll say. Um, so Brian's fantasy player of the week, I believe, was uh, Kirk Cousins. Like uh, it was none of the week. No, no. I mean, I'm gonna go. Uh, can I do a player? What's the opposite of a player of the week? The player of the week. W e a k. The player of the week. You are the player of the week. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Uh, all right, even though Myers, he's a kicker, though, so he can only kick based on what the offense provides. Uh, I'm going to go with my – the whole defense of the uh, L.A. Rams. One sack the whole game, and that was all they had to show for it. A loss, 31-10 to 10 loss against San Francisco. So, yeah, congratulations, L.A. Yeah, so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and call out uh, the return of the Mac Tyree kill with 27.5 points. That's, uh, that's what I'm going with for a fantasy uh, stat of the week. Chris, anything jumping out at you? My guess, I had I had some help from a couple of backup running backs. So, in uh, in the uh, the watch party league, AJ Dillon. Oh God, nicely, and that's actually probably what put me over the top. And then, yeah, in my auction league, Mark Ingram did just enough to put me over the top on that game. So, uh, thank you, Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, definitely am glad in a, in a league with a bunch of work friends. I've got AJ Dillon and uh, I work in Wisconsin. So you can imagine how uh, happy most of the uh, locals that I play against are going to be that he's on my team. He put up uh, 26.8 in ESPN PPR this last week, and he will be the uh, RB1 for mm-hmm. the Packers for at least the next two weeks because Aaron Jones has the uh, MCL sprain. So yep. um, hope for him to get back uh, quickly because, you know, you want good players on the field and that's yeah. just how if it it's is. it's like but, Clyde, um, it's going to be a month. So, yeah. Yeah, I, two weeks is what I had heard. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, we're going into week 11, which means that there's three weeks of fantasy and – pretty much every league in the world before you get in the playoffs. So um, now is the uh, time to have uh, AJ Dillon on your team. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, you're, you're not correcting that now he's either there or um, you know, better luck next year. All right. So um, <clears throat> last two things that we have are if the week was a song and what is your final take? So um, Chris, you got a song for us? Yeah, it took me a little while to, to think of this one, but I I just, I love rubbing it in the Raiders' face. So mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go with uh, one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs, which is just simply called Whipping. I mean, that was, that was a whipping, if anything, <laughs> on Sunday night. So uh, yeah, it is a, it is a, punk hard uh fast rocking song so yeah <laughs> uh, that was my song whipping brian what do you got what's that song that's by the weekend and daft punk i feel it coming it's like feel the tides are turning i think i feel it coming in I feel it 
feel like uh, that was like the turning point right there for this season. Like that was the kind of win that we're used to seeing 400 years from 40 years, 400 yards from a homes, five touchdowns, uh, no INTs that, that, that I recall. Um, yeah. That kind of performance is what we're used to seeing. So feel it coming. Yeah. Got it. So I'm, I'm going with the uh, Aerosmith song. Amazing. And uh, the reason I do this is, uh, it, as I mentioned before, I, I wrote my entire column for Arrowhead One um, based on that song. And it's the whole uh, line, you know, uh, life's a journey, not a destination. You just can't tell what tomorrow brings. Um, so I, I hadn't really listened to that song for a while, but for whatever reason, that popped into my head. And, I, and so I wrote this whole thing about, um, you know, the, the, you don't have to look at a football season as a as a journey, you know, just look at the destination and it, it, it's okay to just kind of forget if the season had a, a handful of wrong turns. And I make a comparison that it's like, um, it, it's like you're uh, <clears throat> thinking of a road trip. And do you really think by the time you get to the destination, you're hanging out with who you want to hang out with or seeing what you want to see? Are you really concerned about the, the exit or two you missed or the wrong turns that you made? And uh, I kind of look at the, four losses to this point as you know those are just wrong turns and you know the comment that I make is uh when you think about the wrong turns against the the Ravens and the Chargers and then the Bills and the Titans um it's a pretty good chance uh Kansas City keeps going the way that they're supposed to that we might be on uh, some of these blocks again in the playoffs and you know might have a might have a chance to uh, make the correct turn this time so that's that's what I'm going with <laughs> very good nice sounds good yeah all right. Um, final, uh, final takes. Do uh, you guys have anything compelling? Chris, do you have something? Yeah. Um, so Art Stewart passed away last Thursday at the age of 94. And if you're familiar with the Kansas City Royals, uh, Art Stewart was actually director of scouting for them. And he joined the organization and really from the start um, in 1969. So um, you know, he actually, I think, was a special advisor to the front office all the way up until his death. So he was uh, very instrumental in bringing in a lot of talent uh, to the organization all the way until uh, they have an interesting story about him, I guess, stumbling upon Mike Moustakis um, during a high school baseball game. But, but you know, uh, heavy heart with art, but, um, you know, he had a great life and, you know, he was a great asset to to one of my favorite organizations yeah good stuff all right good Brian, what, what you got well not as heavy but i'm gonna lighten it up a little bit did you know that weezer has a new album out right now Ooh. i did know that <laughs> yeah they have a really cool I, I i checked it out from the library which i still go to the library and i still do that thing where you go to the library get cds and you put it on your computer and it's a Nice, easy way to not spend a hundred bucks uh, on five mm -hmm. CDs and five uh, uh, around I mean, hundred songs or whatever. So uh, I'm I'm getting into this new Weezer album. Uh, it says "Okay, Human" is a name, and it's uh, I'm halfway through it, and I'm saying the song's pretty solid. And did you know that The Offspring also has a new album out? No, that I did not know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, The Offspring, and I'm through the first few songs uh, on that as well. And I gotta say, I love the Bad Times Roll, uh, the second track. I'm digging that one right now. So yeah, go check out the Offspring. They they just dropped one. Uh, it was in yeah 2021. I don't know the exact month, but this year. So go check out the Offspring and go check out Weezer. Nice, right, so Brian. Can you uh can you do the FBI and the uh, RIAA a quick favor and just give them your address so that way they they know where to come to? Uh... <laughs> Is that still a thing? Yeah. There's no way that's still a thing. My God. <laughs> That episode of South Park. I mean, they're not doing that anymore. Besides, not a big deal. <laughs> not a big deal. I gotta show you something. You're not gonna like. No, no. Hold on. First off, this is completely. We all paid for it in the county of Douglas County, and you know what? We're going in there. We're all switching off our turns. As far as I know, this is uh, on on the level because we all already paid for it uh, via tax. So, unless they want to, unless they really want to knock down my door and talk about it, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, libraries and go check them out and do, go that way. I'm a big fan of all that. Right. 
All right, so uh, make sure to tune in the Chiefs cast this time next week to see if we yeah. uh, still have our third member, or if he's going to be in an interrogation <laughs> room explaining in triplicate why he is uh, ripping offspring CDs. <laughs> or if every one of our YouTube posts are just going to get blocked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'll be uh, no, I'll be like, I'll be in a, the, you know how that, that one week I had like a, a an island behind me that was a green screened in, like it'll yes. be an actual island. Like I fled, <laughs> I had to get the hell out of here. <laughs> there you go. So Brian went to a non extradition treaty country, <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be like the island that uh, the lead singer of the Offspring was going to buy. Except thanks to people like you checking out his CD from the library, he's not going to be able to get that for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this is the home of master p all his all his son little romeo by the way once for christmas is an island in french polynesia but i'm looking into the future and i'm seeing a child without an island oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, go check out that episode of south park i don't know what it's called but uh it's basically uh, goofing on people downloading music illegally from file sharing not checking out from the library sure well uh that episode is um i think it's called christian rock hard because it's the one where cartman starts the christian rock band uh oh, this is one of the this, this is one of the five or ten best uh yeah. south park episodes of all time and i'm just gonna look this up right now it's on season seven and it was in the back half of that season this is literally one of my favorite episodes um but uh yeah it starts out with the uh <clears throat> boys trying to start a band and then they ask their parents for 300 dollars to go buy cds so they can learn their style and the parents say no and they're just like oh well you know, Kenny said that you don't have to pay for music. Just get on the internet and download it. And so they go download Metallica and Judas Priest and all the other just really, really noisy anti uh, anti Napster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good episode. Yeah, and then the, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm gonna verify this and then I'll get into my last take. So episode guide. Um. Yeah, 24 seasons those guys have. It's impressive. If only they weren't Bronco fans. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Christian Rockhard. Um, so that's when uh, Cartman starts. Faith plus one. Oh, yes. And he even said, oh, yeah, that's Faith plus one. What? That's like actually a fa- that's a fantastic episode. Go watch that one. That's a great one. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, with such hits like The Body of Christ. <laughs> or a... Uh, or the whole bet was to like who can go uh who can get a platinum album first and then he finds out that you can't get a platinum album you can get a myrrh album but you can go double (laughs) rock there are no platinum albums like (laughs) myrrh you can go double (laughs) (laughs) myrrh oh god God. all right all right nothing about me so my final take is um i'm getting pretty excited watching team usa soccer uh I know that they uh, kind of laid a clunker against Jamaica and uh, Taylor Twelman, who who played for the U.S. men's national team, is kind of the soccer expert for the U.S., is, along with Alexei Lawless and uh, Tim Howard, is making comments that Jamaica deserved to uh, win that game in the 1-1 draw. Well, you know what? They didn't. And part of the mark of a good soccer team is uh, taking draws and you should be taking losses on the road in Jamaica. So uh, I'm actually proud of them for that. But what I'm really proud of is the beatdown they put on Mexico earlier. Um, Mexico is the U.S.'s rival when it comes to soccer. It's the neighbor. They're always better. And uh, they beat them two to zero, which is which is great. Um, now, the bad side of this is uh, one of the Mexico, Mexico players, his wife is getting death threats on social media after that because – people need to find hobbies and and that's just plain ridiculous but not only was it a uh, a 2-0 win but the uh, goals were scored by Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney and that's uh that's impactful for a couple of reasons um the U.S. um national team has started having higher and higher profile uh clubs that they have players playing for and when you look at the landscape of soccer and I've, I've talked about this before there's really a small handful of teams that just have so much spending power that it's ridiculous. And so Christian Pulisic plays for Chelsea. Absolutely hate that team as a Tottenham fan, but he's doing great work for him. And to have um, somebody in a starting really important role wearing the number 10, which is generally what the best player wears or like the most facilitating player wears traditionally for a Jersey at a, a massive club, in England is huge. And the thing that's really crazy is that um, 
all the uh, transfer rumors for this winter window uh, are, are linking uh, Christian Pulisic with Barcelona, which Barcelona is one of the two biggest clubs in the world, along with Real Madrid. Not a big fan of Spanish uh, football. Um, definitely think that that could be a really bad thing because there's uh, too many situations where great players for their team just key cornerstones go to an overloaded squad with a Barcelona or Real Madrid and and, and like lose a lot of their playing time. Um, One example that I would throw out is Eden Hazard played for Chelsea and he's part of the Belgian national team and he was their stud player and um, Pulisic essentially replaced his role. He went to Real Madrid and he's been riding the bench and now he's trying to figure out his way to get out of Real Madrid and get back into an, an English club And, um, you know, we'll see how that whole thing plays out. And so I hope that that doesn't happen to Pulisic because he is the face of U.S. soccer. Weston McKinney's no slouch either. He's a midfielder who plays for Juventus, which is the uh, team with the most, you know, winning pedigree and a ton of money over in Italy. Um, You know, them along uh, with um, the the two Milan squads are where all the uh, financial power in, in Italy is. So uh, to see those two guys go and, and put up goals against Mexico, to, to me, what really jumped out is, uh, you know, our two blue chip players scored goals in the biggest match, um, you know, outside of the World Cup. This is qualifying. But, you know, when it comes to the U.S. soccer team, beating Mexico is the most important thing you can do aside from you know, going out and winning meaningful games in the World Cup. So that's uh, jumping out to me, and I am excited to see them make it to Qatar and uh, hopefully go and make some noise in the World Cup. All right. All righty. Let's see. Well, uh, good night, Chiefs Gingham, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yes, uh, one more one more thing. Yeah. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Oh, yeah. Like, how, how do we not talk about that? Hook it yeah. down, horns. That's right. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh by the way how, how yeah. many Longhorn fans um, would, would just kill to have Mac Brown back on the sideline? Oh, He's not looking God. so bad these days, is he? I like how losing to the, the, the Jayhawks in football is like a career ending thing, no matter like where it's like, oh, we're going to burn through a lot to go back to where we want to be. Where a lot of head coaches from the opposing teams are out to get it fired in order for that to happen. No, seriously. I mean, I don't see a world where Sarkeesian's a coach next year. I, I, you can't be. It's, yeah. it's funny how many coaches they've gone through in the last decade. I mean, Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, just. That, that Tom Herman yeah. one was wild. I mean, he was the guy was. that everybody wanted, and they got him. And I, I don't even know yeah. where they go at this point. I mean, yeah, they fired him after what? I think he won nine games two years ago. So it's not like yeah, he, was, he got he got like two seasons yeah. with him. It was crazy. I mean, but but seriously, where do they go? I mean, it, Texas has to be hoping that Urban Meyer or uh, uh, Pete Carroll, you know. Yeah, who knows? Decides to get out of the NFL, at which point you've got a seven-year-old and a pervert that you're trying to get back on your sideline, which doesn't really sound like a good, you know, winning formula, if you will. And, um, you know, it is They go after James Franklin and Penn State or Mel Tucker at Michigan State, I don't know. But it's just hilarious how they they have really not found any stability since Matt Brown. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, if you – sit there and uh don't don't be uh grateful for having a really good coach and you know apparently making a couple national championship games isn't good enough you kind of get what you deserve well, <laughs> even then you you compare their success up against the true like whatever blue bloods of football they don't compare i mean they try and act like they're up there with the alabamas the ohio states and the even notre dames of the world and they don't have the same track record but they sure as hell act like they do and that's that's why i love seeing them get humbled yeah so before we go just quick question for you guys who who would you consider the five highest profile college football head coaching positions hmm. you know saying the thing of the school what what do you think are the yeah. five best jobs in college football to have alabama alabama's yeah, so gotta alabama's be alabama's gotta be yeah one. alabama's number one sec like Clem- yeah. clemson auburn I mean, I'd say probably Ohio State would be up there. I mean, that that, that that's a program you can dominate at for a, a long time. I mean, they've they've done it since Urban Meyer was there. Um, 
I want to say, well, if Oklahoma stayed in the Big 12, I would say Oklahoma would be up there. And then after that, maybe LSU, USC. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, it, kind of, yeah. it gets kind of hard to get there. I mean, it, it, I, I would. Think about the talent pipeline that's, that's at your disposal. I mean, LSU is as good as anybody. And USC, they can lock down the whole West Coast. Yeah, I mean, realistically speaking, though, you should be able to, as a as a coach in some of these high profile schools, bring in whoever you want. I mean, to me, the the number one and two are Ohio State and Alabama, and mm-hmm. it's probably opposite order: Alabama, Ohio State, and, and it's based on you know tradition, recent success, and, and and all of those things. But after that, I mean, it kind of gets uh, you know murky for me. And I mean, yeah, you can throw Clemson out. So great, you're the best team in the ACC, which is based on you getting a really good coach. I mean, USC would would probably be who I'd put in the third place because you can lock down the West Coast and you're in, in LA, you're in Southern California. Yeah. Um, you know, in a, in a vacuum, if you're thinking of places where it should be easy to recruit good, good talent, you know, Miami should be up there. If you're thinking about tradition, you got the Notre Dames, you got the Michigans of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Texas has got to be in the top 10. You know, you're in Austin, you're in Capital City, yeah. you're you're in a really, really big school. But, um, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> you you can uh, you can kind of fall off of that because, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, Miami would probably be one of the first two or three that we bring up. You mm-hmm. know, 20 years ago, USC would be one of the first two or three we bring up. So, um, you know, the, the whole uh, hierarchy is kind of kind of fragile, you know. Yeah. I think I think the two most consistent are Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah, for sure, for sure, on a on a short and long timeline. But yeah. anyway, uh, I don't know. KU's got to be in that top ten at this point, right? So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we playing opposite then today? Yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, uh, good night, Chiefs Kingdom. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for this Arrowhead Kingdom podcast production. Join us again next time and go Chiefs.